Welcome to another Tabletop Ramble, your base for all tabletop gaming. I'm your host, Jacko. In this episode, we're going to delve into the dark world of digital tabletop online gaming. In the Kickstarter kick round, we're taking a look at the ruins of Symborum for 5e, Transmissions, and Monster Hunter World. But before that, here's this week's Tabletop Gaming News. First up, unfortunately earlier this week we learned the sad news of the passing of Mike Hobbs. Mike presented the highly rated Meeples and Miniatures podcast with co-host Neil Shook. He was extremely popular among the wargaming community and was affectionately known as the Welsh Wizard. I think it's fair to say that he had a major influence on how this podcast itself is produced. So from everybody here at Tabletop Ramble we wanted to share our deepest sympathies to Mike's friends and family. A few weeks ago you might recall that I announced that Z-Man Games were pulling their Euro Classic series. These were predominantly titles from Rainer Knizia, such as Tigris and Euphrates and Targ Mahal, games like that. Well unfortunately history seems to be repeating itself as Growl Games have made a similar announcement. Growl Games founder David Hardin addressed the studio's history of releasing new editions and reprints of Knizia's most beloved titles. This included the Tigers and Euphrates sequel Yellow and Yatsi, Medici, the card game, and Stevenson's Rocket. Unfortunately, these titles have not been selling very well. In response to the lacklustre sales, Hardin confirmed that Growl would no longer be printing the Knizia titles it had already released, including this year's Whale Riders. He has said that he would recommend that people grab the leftover copies while you can. So these will be leaving the publisher's catalogue by the end of 2021. Hardin also revealed that the Medici Reformation Project, which is a remake of the popular auction game, which was announced late last year, has also been cancelled, despite being almost ready to go. So it's looking like a bit of a rough year for one of the industry's most prolific game designers, Rainer Knizia. Well, I'm sure this does mean that a man of his talents will soon be bringing out new and exciting titles. In contrast to all these old titles being dropped, one game that is getting a reprint is one that is going to delight our very own Cowboy Pete, is the 2007 classic Galaxy Trucker. CGE have said that the gameplay for Galaxy Trucker has been streamlined to make the game more beginner friendly. It's going to speed up the pacing of the title, even though I think it's quite fast and frantic as it is. And it's come with a free flight campaign to provide a more intense experience. 
The new edition is having its artwork recreated by Michaela Zaralova, Jacob Politzer, and Thomas Kucherovsky. Politzer already has artwork in the likes of Lost Ruins of Arnak and Through the Ages, and Kucherovsky also done the artwork for the original release of the board game. In the box you can expect to find additional components such as extra ship tiles as well as improved versions of existing tokens like the astronaut and alien pieces. For anybody who is unaware, Galaxy Trucker is a family board game for 2-4 players set in space where the goal of the game is to acquire wealth by building a spaceship and using that vehicle to fulfil their courier contracts. Players begin by searching for parts within the warehouse. These parts are depicted on tiles which you are trying to grab in real time against your opponents. Once you have your spaceship built then the vehicles are ready to go. Although you might be proud of your ship when you start, soon things will be going wrong as you'll be attacked by various things such as asteroids that just love taking vital components of your ship. At the moment we do not have an exact date for release but we do know it will be some point this summer. You can expect to pay between, we do know this has a retail price of $29.95 or £25. In a follow up to last week's story where I mentioned that Games Workshop were pausing their pre-orders, I briefly mentioned the gripes that people had regarding the shortage of the Cursed City pre-order. Many of these frustrations are definitely justified. I've heard stories of people trying to order their hardback rule book and they were there bang on 10 o'clock and as soon as they tried to order it the site just crashed. By the time they got back in trying to order again they had all sold out and this was by 7 minutes past 10 so within 7 minutes every single hardback rule book had gone and these include certain exclusives that you won't be able to get again. Many stores were completely sold out of the big box set within minutes due to low numbers being allocated to their stores and on Games Workshop's main website everything was sold out within 75 minutes. What I didn't realise when I made the original recording last week is that things were actually a little bit worse than what they were. It actually appears that this is now sold out online and it's not looking likely that there will be a reprint coming. Many stores believe that a second wave would be made available but as it now appears that's not going to happen. In a tweet from Warhammer Community it said Curse City is sold out on gamesworkshop.com and we are not expecting it to return online. Many copies have been sent to local stores across the world. Please check with your local Warhammer store or independent retailer to see if they can help. So yeah, it looks like that not only were people miffed about not being able to pre-order it at the time, most people believe that they'd be able to pick it up when they'd done a second pre-order as they have done with other previous projects, the Big Indominus box being a great example of that. It does make me wonder why Games Workshop seems to constantly be only offering low amounts on their pre-orders. Does this drive up the demand maybe? One of the big issues as well about the tweet is that it said about going to see your local retailer, see if they can help. Well, I actually reached out to a friend that works at a retail store and they said that they had 20 their cells that they had pre-ordered but none of them were delivered. So again, not only is there a shortage to the public trying to get hold of it, the stores are struggling to get hold of it themselves. 
She also said to me that their communication wasn't very good and there was no explanation for any of this. It really isn't great PR for Games Workshop. They just don't seem to be connecting with people and letting everybody know what exactly the issues are and what's going to happen going forward. Once again you're stuck with yours truly, but hopefully you'll still find this an enjoyable ramble. This week I thought we'd cover what have probably been among the biggest winners of this pandemic. With many gaming stores and clubs closed due to lockdown, a new niche was created. So up steps the digital tabletop. I thought I'd cover the three biggest hitters that seem to have done really well. This is Tabletop Simulator, Board Game Arena and Tabletopia. Although it's fair to say these companies have done well because of the pandemic, they wasn't created because of the pandemic. In fact, these are 5 to 10 years old. But due to the past year, I think they've really proved their worth. Because of all the lockdown issues, for a lot of people, this was their only escape and a way of being out of play against other people. But it's not only the pandemic where they've been making life tolerable. There are other benefits to still keeping hold of these. Take for example if you have young kids and you can't get out of the house because of babysitting, you can still join in with games remotely from home. It also gives you an opportunity to play against people who live on the other side of the world. A nice plus point is that it gives you the opportunity to try a game before you buy it, just so you know whether or not it's something that would sit well in your collection. Publishers have definitely benefited from this, it opens a window up for advertising. It's not uncommon now to see digital formats posted within Kickstarter campaigns. Again, it's a good way of playing the game, so you know whether or not you want to back it. Time and again, when I've been speaking to publishers, they've actually been saying that this has been one of the best ways of playtesting for them, just because people were not able to get together. Where there's positives, there's often negatives, to balance it out. And obviously some people are still going to be put off by this. You're going to have people who are a little bit technophobic. I could not see my mum, for example, joining in on any of this. It also can be a bit of a steep learning curve if you're not overly confident on a computer. Some people can find it quite intimidating to try and socially interact with people online. But worst of all, you're not getting the same physical interaction with the playing pieces and being able to feel the components in your hand. Or being able to socially interact with your friends in the same way. Sometimes it's hard to tell if somebody's actually bluffing just by going by a voice online. Sometimes you need to look them in the eye and go, hmm, yeah, I don't believe you, mate. But still, at least we're provided with decent options so that we can continue gaming. Anyway, here's a rundown of what you can expect. The oldest of the three, Ball Game Arena, was actually created in 2010. Tabletop Simulator released in 2015 after a successful Kickstarter campaign shortly followed by Tabletopia, which also had a successful Kickstarter campaign and was released in December 2016. So let's go over some of the similarities and some of the differences. Ballgame Arena utilises web browsers and also is available on Android systems. The good thing about this is that if you have internet connection, you'll be able to use this and it is also available on mobile devices. Tabletop Simulator, on the other hand, is something that you'll need to download and is available on Windows, Mac, Steam, Linux and even has VR support. Tabletopia on the other hand 
is probably the best of both worlds as you can use it on Windows, Mac, Steam, Linux and iOS and Android mobile devices. It also has web browser based support. Next let's cover the amount of games. In last place is Board Game Arena which has just over 600 games. To be fair though, I don't think there's many of us out there that can say that they have got 600 games in their collection. We can dream. Pretty good collection still. Next up we've got Tabletopia which has approximately just under 1700 titles. All of these are licensed games. Way out in the lead though is Tabletop Simulator which has literally thousands. Now a big reason why Tabletop Simulator has so many more is the way that the games are produced. Tabletopia and Ball Game Arena both use officially licensed games. These have come directly from the ball game publishers. Tabletop Simulator on the other hand has allowed fans to mod and create their own. I'm still not 100% certain how there are not massive copyright infringements, but the board game publishers appear to be quite happy to have the games appearing on Tabletop Simulator. So just to give you a rough idea how this stacks up, if you used to look at say solo games, on Ball Game Arena there are currently 19 available. On Tabletopia there are 479. On Tabletop Simulator you can't even count. You will often find though on Tabletop Simulator that some of the games have been repeated, sometimes just in different languages, so when you're looking at the numbers you do have to bear that in mind. What I did think it would be good was to actually test just to see how good the game availability is. So I took 20 games that I'd never played online just to see what availability there was. The games I picked at random were Mythic Battles Pantheon, of course, Karuba, Quadropolis, Ticket to Ride, Dune Imperium, Subterra 2, Isle of Sky, Lost Ruins of Arnak, Star Wars X-Wing, Viscounts of the West Kingdom, Obscurio, Pandemic Iberia, Terraforming Mars, Mafia de Cuba, Marvel Champions, Twilight Imperium 4, Red Rising, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion, Escape the Dark Castle, and Camel Up. So, I think that that was a good selection of 20 totally different games, some older, some newer, so just a real mixture. And I thought we'd just see how many hits each one had. When I searched on Tabletopia, unfortunately they only actually had three titles. And those were Subterra 2, Red Rising and Viscount of the West Kingdom. They did also have Pandemic, Hot Zone and Season Zero, just not Iberia. That's still actually better than Ball Game Arena that only actually had one. And that was Lost Ruins of Arnak. So I was actually quite surprised by this. I thought there would be a lot more on those. When it comes to Tabletop Simulator though, they managed to score 18 out of 20. The only two they didn't have was Red Rising and Pandemic Iberia. That being said, they had all the other pandemics, including the Legacies, but for some reason they didn't have Iberia. So you can see that there is a massive difference in that, with Tabletop Simulator easily coming out on top. The choice of games though shouldn't be everything. When it comes to using the search engines within the platforms, I actually found Ball Game Arena probably the best one, as this allowed you to not only type in the titles, but you were able to select the amount of players and also the mechanics and the themes of the games. Tabletop Simulator was probably in second place, with Ball Game Arena in third. Now, neither of these were terrible or poor, 
just with Tabletopia, it didn't allow you to check by mechanics. So, for example, if you were looking for a co-op, you couldn't type in co-op and find it. So, with that in mind, I would say Ball Game Arena just about come out on top. Though none of these were terrible. A nice feature that both Tabletopia and Ball Game Arena have is that within the games, when you go to select them, they do incorporate videos of how to play and also the rules. This is a major benefit of coming directly from the publisher. With a lot of tabletop simulator games, although many include the rulebook, not all do. So you will find in some cases, if you're not familiar with the game, you won't necessarily know how to play. Ball Game Arena and Tabletopia also share links with the Ball Game Geek website, so it has things like game ratings clearly visible. Despite all these digital ball gaming platforms having the same goal, they do feel quite different. The tabletop simulator is very much a simulator, in as much as you actually have to pick up the pieces and physically move them around. It can get quite fiddly and you can sometimes knock things over. It almost feels like that you're playing a game wearing oven gloves. Tabletopia is similar, but not quite so awkward. Wargame Arena, on the other hand, feels much more like almost a video game. You'll find a lot of their titles are scripted, so it's a lot less fiddly to try and pick things up as things will automatically click into place, and you'll also get automatic scoring. With Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator, on the other hand, it's a lot easier to make mistakes or cheat, if that makes sense, as if you could in the real world. So if you wanted to drop a card on the floor, then you could do but it's just something to be aware of. The different viewing angles varies quite a bit as well. In Board Game Arena, the games are generally flat 2D and it is focused purely on the board. In Tabletopia, it's more focused on the table and it does have some 3D elements. In Tabletop Simulator, on the other hand, pretty much everything in there is 3D and you can actually turn your head to look around the room at the walls or even underneath the table so it's very much in a 3D world. One of the biggest determining factors for you might be the cost. Ballgame Arena you can actually sign up for a free account and you will have access to some free games. If you want to sign up for full membership you can do this either paying £3.90 per month or £22.80 for a year or £1.90 a month. What this does though, it does allow you to give access to anybody else who's joining. So if you had a group of friends, it's possible to actually just have one person sign up for this account and then everybody else can just piggyback onto it and you'll get full access to the whole game library. Tabletopia has a similar method where you can get access to some free games using the bronze method and this allows you to have two saved current games. If you wanted to though, you could pay $4.99. This will allow you to have six saved games and access to all of the premium games. The other option is to go for the gold, which is $10 a month. This allows you to have 10 saved games plus access to all the premium titles and this also similar to Board Game Arena allows you to share access to any guests that have also signed up. So in a similar way if you wanted to you could pay for group access for $10 a month. Tabletop Simulator is done in a totally different way though. 
With Tabletop Simulator, you have to pay for the program in advance. This is normally $19.99 or £14.99, or you can pay for four accounts for $59.99. Quite often, these do come up in half-price sales as well. So the benefit with this is, once you've paid that amount, that's it, you have it for life and there's no recurring costs. The downside is that everybody who wants to play has to pay for an account. A big deciding factor for you possibly in this would be the fact that with Tabletopia and Ballgame Arena, as I said, they do have their official titles. So you do know that the money that is going into these formats is going back to the publishers. That's not the case with Tabletop Simulator. It can sometimes feel a little bit bootleggy if that makes sense. That being said, none of the publishers have ever complained and they seem to be quite happy to have their titles out there just getting the free publicity. Saying all the titles on Tabletop Simulator are unofficial isn't strictly true as I believe there are currently 41 titles that are available from the actual publishers. That being said, you do actually have to pay extra for this as DLC but to be fair, there are thousands of other free titles available. You're still getting value for money. So you might be wondering, what ones do we recommend? The answer's pretty simple. All of them. They're all good, but they all have their strengths and weaknesses. If you're quite tech savvy and want a massive range of games, you're best off going with Tabletop Simulator. If you prefer to have the computer help you out and solely focus on the actual game itself, then Ballgame Arena would be the way to go. And I'd say Tabletopia is a happy halfway house between the two. What we haven't covered though is that there are other options available other than these big three. There's quite a few emulators that are available for games like Spy for One Codenames. I'll provide a link for these in the website. There are other programs such as Vassal which are totally free to use and download. The problem with that is that it is, once again, fan modded and sometimes I have seen copyright issues and they have been forced to take the games down. If you enjoy your RPGs, then there's options such as Roll20 or Fantasy Grounds you could use. Another option that we were using here on Tabletop Ramble is that we were using video call technology such as Zoom or Discord and just using a physical copy of the game. Whatever option you pick, I'm sure you'll all agree that none of them beat playing a game in real life with your friends. It's time for the Kickstarter kick around. The first Kickstarter I want to take a look at this week is called Transmissions. This is by game designer Adam West and is published by Crosscut Games. The first thing that's most outstanding about this game is the amazing artwork by Matt Dixon. In the game, you're going to be using these gorgeous looking robots that you're going to be moving around the different places within the board in a rondelle style worker placement game. Each player will be sharing these robots using their own deck of cards allow you to select which robot you wish to move. On the board you'll be able to collect engrams and electricity. You'll spend these to gain ideas, items and pipes. You then use these to gain powers, points and grow your pipe network. Pipe tiles have two different sized pipes with male and female connections. This creates a nice little puzzle for you. 
You'll also be able to score points by locating birds and butterflies that are hidden on some of the tiles. This is a brilliant family friendly Euro style game that is so visually appealing. It's for 1-4 to four players, should take between 45-60 to 60 minutes and is recommended for 10 years plus. The game seems to be doing really well if funded fully on its first day of the campaign. It's currently set on £90,000 of its 25000 target and there will still be 10 days to go. This one is due to finish on Saturday May the 8th. You'll be able to pick up a copy of this for £29, the robots in this version will be standees. If you'd rather get a deluxe bundle where you're getting the lovely robot miniatures then this will set you back £39. Steamforge Games have once again used a video game IP for their latest Kickstarter. This time they're bringing Capcom's Monster Hunter World to the tabletop. In this cooperative arena combat board game, one to four players will create a party, grab a massive weapon and embark on cooperative quests in an open world where your choices matter. Armed with your attack cards and your wits, you're going to dive into battle with massive monsters making quick strategic decisions and honing your hunting skills with every hard-won piece of monster look. Monster Hunter is an open world where it's not you who dictates the flow of battle, but the monster that you're hunting, and every monster you come up against is going to be totally different. Its choose-your-own-adventure element is aiming to immerse you in the new world, giving five unique ways to approach each monster before engaging in combat. The models in this game look stunning as can be expected from Steamforge games. The board itself reminds me quite a bit of one of their previous games, Dark Souls, which I personally wasn't a fan of, well, I would say it was an accurate portrayal of the video game, and to be fair I wasn't a big fan of the video game, so take that how you will. Funding for this has gone absolutely incredible, it's currently sat on 2.6 million, I don't think they're going to have any complaints about that. There's currently still three days to go, so this one is due to finish on Friday, April the 30th. If this sounds interesting, you can get the entry pledge level for £51. This includes the Monster Hunter World, the board game Ancient Forest. If you'd rather go for the core pledge, you can also have the Wildspire Waste and the Kula Yaku Kickstarter exclusive expansion included. This will also include all the daily unlocks. There's also an all-in pledge level available for £211. This includes the Hunter's Arsenal expansion, the Kashula Dora, the, I'm just saying words here that probably means absolutely nothing to you unless you're familiar with it. And to be fair, they're quite hard words to say, so if you're interested, go and have a look and save me the embarrassment. <laughs> with 15 million copies of the video game sold, it's no surprise that this one is also doing really well. The last Kickstarter this week is coming from one of the Ramble's favourite publishers, Free League Publishing. They've released the Ruins of Symborum for 5e. The acclaimed setting of Symborum has enticed and fascinated fans of tabletop role-playing games since its launch in 2016. Now this dark and mysterious world welcomes an even greater audience. With the production of a player's guide, games master's guide and bestiary published under the open gaming licence. In this edition they have adapted the world of Symborum for 5e. 
introducing new custom rules, origins, new classes, creatures and much much more. The quality of free league publishing RPGs is always fantastic and I'm not expecting this one to be any different. For those of you that are not familiar with Symborum, the setting revolves around the Ambrians, which is a civilization that two decades ago were forced to flee from their ancestral home after a devastating war. Their new and promised land borders on the vast forest of Davakar, covering the remnants of the Empire of Symborum, which fell into ruin hundreds of years ago. Brimming with natural resources and mythical treasures, the forest calls out to the Ambrians to be explored and plundered but the road into its depths lays far from open. Not only are the shadows beneath the foliage fraught with danger, monsters and infectious corruption, there are also the elves of the Iron Pact who have vowed to die to keep anyone from disturbing the ruins of old, warning that the ancient evil Symborum stirs in its sleep. If you're interested in this, you can pick up a PDF version for £21 or $29, you can get the standard hardback book for £30 or $40. There's a Champions of Price pledge level, which includes the Runes of Symboros Player's Guide, a Games Master Guide and B-Street all in digital format for £59. If you prefer to pick all these up in hardback, then they're available for £85 or $116. Once again, they do have a special collector's edition called the Conqueror of Symborum. This collector's edition is going to be exclusive Kickstarter and will never be printed again. This is another one that's absolutely crushed its target goal. It is currently sat on £265,000 of its target of 17000 There's still nine days to go. This one is due to finish on Thursday, May the 6th. Well there you go guys, that's another show done, hope you enjoyed it and fingers crossed if you're a little bit unfamiliar with these online tabletop formats it might give you a bit more an idea how they work and whether they're worthwhile investing in. If you've got any comments on today's show then feel free to drop me an email at tabletopramble at gmail.com or alternatively come along and join us on our Discord. As always the show notes for everything we spoke about including those free emulators are available over on our website which is tabletopramble.com Next week it's a particularly special day and you can expect it to be a Star Wars special so I'm really looking forward to that. Until then make sure you stay safe, stay healthy and I'll speak to you then. Thank you.